0: Two best of um, friends. I worked right down there
1: to beat you. We were very cool in high school.
0: Who think they know football?
1: I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre.
0: I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com. Pro Fancy Football. Pro Football reference ESPN. Because here it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hey, everybody! It's season two! Mike, it's season two! We're back! We're back! Man! unbelievable we made it a full season without getting like you know deleted off anything so we decided <laughs> to try again for another season and see if we can maybe make that happen right right that's the plan
1: that's the goal yeah let's do it
0: <laughs> how soon before we get fired um but welcome if you haven't listened to season one again what have you been doing with your lives go back listen to it it's terrible funny funny it's
1: funny that's a quick uh, on that note i just want to say i have been going back and listening to season one and it's been surprisingly entertaining remembering um, uh, like what happened each week i'm on week six i think of the season it's kind of fun
0: is it fun or is it just because we did it we're like stockholm syndrome and they liking it
1: i don't know usually i hate the sound of my own voice but it's it's been fun to listen to
0: i gotta listen to it every week unfortunately <laughs>
1: i'm so sorry that's why i picked a career path where i wouldn't have to talk and then no one would have to hear me
0: <laughs> as a person in sales, I rely on my voice and ability to speak, which fails me quite often. So it's an interesting life choice.
1: Well, as you referenced, this is our first real episode of season two. If you heard our, our trailer last week, you you heard about some of the changes we're making this season. Uh, you also heard our fancy new music. A lot of exciting stuff going on. We spent our time wisely during our four-week off season. <laughs> <laughs>
0: heads up for debate
1: but that's fine um so on today's episode season two episode one we're gonna spend quite a bit of time i think on the news a lot has happened we're gonna catch up on the biggest stories that the schedule was dropped in the uh, in our off season so i have a lot of notes on that and uh yes we're gonna catch up on all that and then kick off our roster breakdowns which is going to be the bulk of our offseason coverage here before leading into like training camps and stuff and so for our roster breakdowns we will be analyzing each nfl team's roster i wrote here top to bottom not exactly that but yes identify strengths and weaknesses along with a brief 2020 recap of how each team season went we're going to try to do two divisions per episode except for today because we have so much news we're just going to do the afc north is where we're going to get things started.
0: All right. Does that, sound Does that sound
1: good to you? Sound good to you, Matt?
0: I mean, according to the notes, I don't have a choice or say in the matter. So yeah, let's do it. That's
1: what we're doing, and you're going to like it.
0: AFC North. That's where the Patriots are, right? Or am I wrong?
1: Uh, we'll see when we get to the notes. I forget.
0: Okay. All right. Because if <laughs> not, then I have a huge problem ahead of me.
1: And with the news, I thought we would start here with the the biggest. You would story start line. here.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't start with the third story on this bulletin, but that's
1: fine. <laughs> no, this it's, it's not as big as this. Uh, Matt, Tim Tebow <laughs> is back in the NFL.
0: Jesus. Really?
1: <laughs> as a tight end, signing a one-year contract with the Jaguars. Um, the only reason I even include this is because we've been tracking this story since the beginning, since he retired, <laughs> since he officially retired from baseball. Uh, Are we so,
0: the only ones that put any thought into this guy at any point? <laughs> like the rest of the world, kind of just forgot about Tim Tebow. I mean, he, like Tebow, that guy. What's that guy doing?
1: He's—I I still think he's irrelevant and unlikely to make their Week One roster. But still, I just think it's funny. Oh, and then aggravated because <laughs> I saw a report that uh, their new head coach down there, Urban Meyer, wants to use him in the quote Taysom Hill role.
0: I mean, the only reason I could see that is because what do you do with the guy? But wasn't, wasn't everyone telling him initially when he joined the league to be a tight end? He was like, no, I'm a quarterback.
1: I think so. And they're
0: like, all right, Tim.
1: <laughs> and if you've seen the pictures he, out of training camp, he does look – or not training camp, but, you know, OTAs or whatever. He looks pretty bulky. I'll give him that. He looks pretty buff.
0: Protein bars. Cliff bars. <laughs>
1: Anyway, not a real story, but it is it is something that happened, and we've been talking about it's it. It's not so.
0: real until he makes the roster, and we're all sitting there with our jaws on the floor going, how the hell is this possible?
1: I'll, I'll take a flyer on him in fantasy if, if he makes the roster.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Pick him up in Dynasty. A fifth how round pick again? Yeah. <laughs> Sixth, 15th round, maybe. <laughs> okay, but the real biggest story, and I'm so glad this – happened still pretty recently, was that Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons superstar wide receiver, we've been hearing the rumors for weeks, and he was, in fact, traded to the Tennessee Titans.
0: Aesthetic. The Titans are stacked on offense. That team is scary. (laughs) It's
1: amazing. They already had A.J. Brown, their top receiver of the past few years, and he was uh, recruiting pretty hard on social media for Jones to come join him. Um, and he did. And, uh, in exchange, the Falcons are getting the Titans second round pick next year and a fourth round pick in two years. And they sent back Julio and a sixth round pick in 2020. I mean,
0: when you think about it that way, that's not a lot for a star studded wide receiver.
1: Right. And they wanted a first round pick for him. That was the original asking price, but uh, I thought,
0: I think maybe even though he's still, you know, a stud maybe it's the fact he has been in the league for a while you know this guy is a a rookie or or fourth or fifth year veteran this guy's been around for a while so i don't know it's interesting that what they kind of settled on
1: and he's he's only he's 32 years old which isn't like you know isn't super old he has had some injury issues the last few seasons uh but still a monster, and paired with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry in the backfield, it's, that's not even fair.
0: <laughs> Tannehill's got to be ecstatic right now. Can you imagine that's your receiving core now to back up a beastly run game?
1: Yeah. And uh, Speaking of Tannehill, I saw that he, he actually reworked his contract to free up $15 million uh, for the team to be able to afford Julio. So obviously he wanted him around and and that's going to be a big boost to an offense that was already lethal last year. All right. So next up the story that's nearest and dearest to our hearts as Packer fans, the Aaron Rodgers holdout is official now.
0: Oh boy.
1: (laughs) Back on, I had to put dates in here. It's been so long since we recorded uh, so back on May 10th, I saw a report that the Packers had made him a significant long-term offer. Uh, nothing apparently came of that uh, because a couple of weeks later, he wasn't at their voluntary OTAs, so not required yet at that point, um, and said he was vacationing in Hawaii and on social media recruiting a super team. <laughs>
0: I don't remember the whole super team thing, but I, I, I do remember he was in Hawaii.
1: And then I, I don't know if the Packers are trying to pressure him to come back by talking up Jordan Love, but there were some quotes out of camp, out of that, that, um, that voluntary mini-camp that Jordan Love looked, quote, more comfortable on the field, according to Aaron Jones, which, you know, isn't super high praise.
0: I mean, he went from a red vest last year to putting a football in his hands, so I guess, you know, that is a significant step up.
1: So. Uh huh. Right, literally didn't play at all last year. But yeah, he's been he's been the guy as, without Rogers there, getting all the reps. Um, GM Brian Gutkunst still says he will not trade Rogers, and well, just yesterday or just today actually, as we record on Tuesday, June eighth, uh, was when the Packers the mandatory camp started, and he's not there. So now what? they can they can potentially find him. Not that. He cares about 100K, but it'd be a symbolic gesture. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, now we keep waiting. Meanwhile, teams like the Broncos and Raiders are monitoring the situation.
0: I feel like the Broncos will get him over the Raiders, but I don't know how I'd feel about seeing uh, Rodgers in the uh, black and silver.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I can't picture it. He doesn't seem like a Raider.
0: He's got a better receiving core than the Broncos.
1: Yep. I'd rather go there, I think, if I was a quarterback.
0: Jerry drops it all, Judy. (laughs) No, I'm still not over it. It's fine.
1: I understand. All right, let's talk about some highlights from the NFL schedule release. Uh, As we mentioned already, week one season kicks off Thursday, September 9th in Tampa Bay, where the defending Super Bowl champs will host the Dallas Cowboys, formerly Matt's Cowboys and the return of Dak Prescott.
0: Yeah, boy, I'm so excited.
1: I'm already excited, yeah. <laughs> I've
0: elsewhere, never liked the Cowboys as much as I like Dak, and to see him healthy on the field again is ecstatic.
1: Yeah, I become a big Dak Prescott fan. Um, elsewhere in week one that Sam Darnold will have his the shot revenge at revenge. Game. Right oh, away,
0: kicking it right <laughs> off of the gate now.
1: His first game with the Panthers. They'll be hosting the Jets, and he will have a have a chance at his revenge.
0: I'm not feeling overly confident. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know who to pick in this one.
1: We'll see. You got some time before I'm before I need your pigskin pick'em pick. Em. Uh, pick. So I'll let you think about it for about 90 more days.
0: <laughs> uh, do you think I could weasel an extra like two or three out of that?
1: <laughs> sure, two, yes. Uh, you've also got a playoff rematch in the Browns versus Chiefs. That was a fun game in the divisional round of last year's playoffs. Uh, the Raiders will host the Ravens on Monday Night Football, and that will be the first game at their new at their new uh, Las Vegas stadium that will actually have fans. So that'll be a fun atmosphere. Uh, One thing I was very disappointed by is that there's no Monday Night Football doubleheader in week one. That's
0: kind of sad.
1: Sort of a tradition. Although I include in the sub-note that I always fall asleep during the second game anyway, but still.
0: Well, the second game is usually some, like, crap game.
1: (laughs) Uh, week two, I, I love revenge games. I don't know if, it, if players actually even care about them. But week two, the Bengals play the Bears.
0: Well, they say that they don't, but come on now.
1: I feel like it does. I feel like it means something.
0: You know, um, who wouldn't want to, like, after being traded or cut or whatever the situation may be, you know, stick it to the team. Look at what you had. Right. <laughs> so I feel like even though they, they downplay it, it's in the back of their heads.
1: So And it'll be Andy Dalton with his chance at revenge, assuming he's even the starter uh, for the Bears. Wouldn't that be
0: funny, your revenge game against your former team and you're sitting on the bench? (laughs) Yeah!
1: Uh, Showing
0: you who's boss.
1: host the Gatorade. Bears host the Bengals in week two. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So uh, we'll see if he gets his chance or not. Uh, Week two, you've also got Chiefs at Ravens. That's a primetime game. That's Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. That's always must-watch TV. Um, especially with what the Ravens have done to try to revamp their offense this year, which we'll I actually... mean, we thought
0: the Ravens were going to have a much better season last year. And I don't know what happened. The, the whole dynamic of their offense just kind of collapsed in on itself.
1: Yep. And we'll and get I into that. I did not see
0: the same Ravens we saw that first year under Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah. The league might've caught up to him already a little bit, but yeah, we're going to talk more about the Ravens in just a little bit when we break down the AFC North. Uh, week three, we've got Packers 49ers, which is always an interesting game because of what, what I call the what-could-have-been bowl. I uh, remember back in the day, the 49ers drafted Alex Smith over Rodgers in the first round, and uh, as we know – and I actually, I guess this is assuming Rodgers is still on the Packers too,
0: <laughs> which is right. somewhat, up
1: the, somewhat up in the air. So there's that whole part of it where he could have been a 49er, and then – Right before the draft, they tried to trade for him. Uh, so, interesting stuff. Week four, this might be the single most... I
0: like, I, I like the kickoff for week four there. Sunday this... night, week four.
1: Yeah, Brady versus Belichick. Eyeballs, Bucks, eyeballs. Bucks versus Patriots. You uh...
0: know, if anyone was going to talk about revenge games, like this has to be now the example of one.
1: This this one I know is real, and yeah. it's
0: not even like it's revenge. It's just you've got two very stubborn people that are like, "I'm going to show it. I can do this without you." Right. Although Brady's already shown it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But Belichick needs to show that he can beat Brady.
1: And I remember hearing on the
0: back of Cam Newton. I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm feeling about this.
1: I don't feel great about it. If I was a Patriot, especially
0: because the Bucks added more firepower.
1: Yeah, if that were even possible, apparently it was. Uh, and then you've got Chiefs at Eagles, where Andy Reid returns to. I don't, I, I don't know if they've played since he left <laughs> Philly originally, but I, I should know that. But either way, Andy Reid is still a coach. coming
0: back to Eagles, his former team.
1: Yeah, for a long time he was the Eagles coach, and and that one is actually a revenge game where he'll be in the city that he used to coach in. He'll be few- I was gonna say, let's see what kind of reception he gets from those Philadelphia fans. We won a
0: Super Bowl without you there.
1: London games are back this year, uh, which is always fun. I love wake. I love watching football at eight in the morning. Unironically, that's really exciting.
0: <laughs> that's the only time you get up at eight in the morning.
1: I wish. I wish I could get these kids to sleep in. <laughs> I'm lucky. Not possible. Make, I'm lucky if they make it to seven. Um, But in week five, the Jets and Falcons will be playing in London. And then in week six, the Dolphins, Jaguars. So, you know, they're football games.
0: Yeah, football.
1: Week seven, continuing the revenge narrative in week seven, the Lions. The
0: the one game I have highlighted that actually has the word Lions in it. (laughs)
1: Lions at Rams. Jared Goff making his return to L.A. After the, the teams traded, they swapped quarterbacks this offseason. Revenge for revenge game for both quarterbacks. Uh, week nine, Packers against the Chiefs. My what I thought was going to be the Super Bowl last year and almost was. Nope. Uh, week 10, and then it's starting to look like I just picked all the Packers games.
0: Well, this one I have to agree with you. Anytime the Seahawks (laughs) and the Packers play, something stupid happens (laughs) that is (laughs) infuriating.
1: Yep, we talk about the fail Mary, the onside kick. It's pretty. It's always aggravating to watch the, the game between these two teams. Can't wait. Uh, week eleven, Patriots at Falcons. Is this the first time they're playing since that Super Bowl? Maybe. Maybe someone should research.
0: Someone that. should research that. <laughs> I'm going to take points for that.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see our Thanksgiving matchups are Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, and Bills, Saints. Good. All insight.
0: acceptable.
1: Yeah, I agree. Acceptable. Uh I guess we got games on Christmas Day: the Browns, Packers, Colts, Cardinals. Colts, Fun.
0: Cardinals should be good. Mm-hmm. Uh I want to say Browns, Packers would be good, but it kind of depends on depends on how this all plays out.
1: <laughs> I guess everything that the Packers does, because if they don't have Rogers, they they are not a contender. They go back to rebuilding, I guess. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think it really depends is if Roger goes, what does the rest of the team do?
1: hmm
0: You know, there was that talk from, you know, we'll get to it in the, in the breakdowns. Okay. Mike, there's a new thing.
1: What? Tell him. Oh, week 18?
0: Yeah.
1: For the first time? Yeah. Uh, Another is-
0: week of football, or actually the same amount of football. There's just one less frickin' preseason game.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, one preseason yeah. game got converted to regular season. Uh, and I just wanted to note that the in the new Week 18 will be all divisional matchups, which is a great setup for all the division races that come down to the wire, that come down to the final game. All right, so that was all the news. We're going to take a short break, come back, and talk about the AFC North.
0: And here for a word from our non-sponsors.
1: And we're back on the 2M Football Podcast.
0: Hope you all signed up for all that life insurance from those sponsors that don't exist. <laughs> or maybe it was AARP commercials. I'm getting a lot of those lately. I don't know what it's trying to tell me.
1: Use promo code Taysom Hill sucks and get 10% off.
0: Use promo code searching for new podcast host.
1: <laughs> Alright, so this is the very first division that we're breaking down. Uh, we're going to talk about each team, go through some of the Changes that happened this off season, And then uh, we're going to break the roster into studs, duds, and duds. A, a third category. <laughs> and we'll explain it as we get in. So AFC North, we're going to go top to bottom from last year's uh, standings. Starting with the Steelers, who... And and like I mentioned before, we're going to do no more than thirty seconds on these twenty twenty recaps.
0: All right, timer starts now. Uh,
1: thank you. The Steelers had a great defense, paved the way for an offense that kind of struggled a bit, especially with their running game.
0: Or all,
1: all finished, the time. They finished the season twelve and four. Uh, that was after starting eleven and zero, and then losing fair four soon. out of the last five. They ended up in the wild card against their division rival Browns and had for a, a <laughs> Yeah, had a meltdown for the ages. I wrote. Uh, Roethlisberger yeah,
0: had... noble got nothing on the Steelers.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Roethlisberger threw four picks. The team had five turnovers overall. They, they trailed 28-0 to zero after the first quarter. Final score was 48-37. That was how it Much ended. Much
0: closer than it looked like, I got to tell you that one, because yep. I almost turned the game off.
1: <laughs> yep. And that led them into an offseason where we weren't sure right away if Roethlisberger was going to hang it up, if he was going to be coming back. Uh, he is coming back. However, they, they did lose some pieces of the roster this offseason. Most notably, to me, is Bud Dupree, uh, their outside linebacker, who went to Tennessee in free agency. And he made up half of that dynamic pass-rushing duo with uh, T.J. Watt over there on the other side. They also lost James Conner, their running, starting running back, but I don't see that as, as big of a loss. Uh, he was pretty banged up, kind of in and out of the lineup all year.
0: I don't see it as much of a big loss either, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I feel like that whole offense did not function the way it normally does. Um, they were trying this shorter passing attack, and Connor was supposed to be relied on to move the football, and I just didn't see it.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't help that he was banged up in and out of the lineup every week, it seemed like. Um, and they immediately filled his role, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, Another defensive starter they lost Mike Hilton, the slot cornerback. Uh, He went to division rival Cincinnati, ironically. Um, However, they did bring back uh, a couple of key free agents like Juju Smith-Schuster. He was at the end of his rookie deal. A lot of people thought he would leave town. Uh, He came back on a one-year contract.
0: I think he's just going to stick around for as long as Big Ben does, and then he's going to wind up in uh, in another city.
1: Yep, yep, agreed. Uh, and then they also brought back one of their starting corners, Cameron Sutton, to what was such a dominant defense last year. Outside of that, they didn't have any big free agent. Uh, they didn't really make a splash in free agency.
0: They did make a splash in the draft, though.
1: Sure did. I think they were the uh, – I didn't write down their pick. They were they're somewhere in, like, the mid-20s, and I think they were the first team to pick a running back, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they took Najee Harris out of Alabama who is kind of more of a big bruiser type of back, but he does have some elusiveness. Uh, showed some ability as a pass catcher last year uh, in college, and I'm assuming he'll be the lead back and immediately impact this offense.
0: He definitely feels more the bruiser type that fits that sort of Steeler mentality.
1: Yeah, like remember LeGarrette Blunt a few years ago? Or probably more than a few years ago now.
0: That was several years ago, but that's <laughs> fine. Yeah.
1: All right, so that's what's sort of changed this offseason. Uh, let's go through the roster, and who are some of the studs that they have on the offensive side?
0: Can these guys cross multiple categories?
1: Yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Because I have Big Ben in multiple. But
0: <laughs> Okay, you were thinking I actually didn't scroll down. I was thinking the same thing.
1: There were some things that were uh, some good – from last year like he was coming off that elbow injury that cost him the entire 2019 season um his total yards and his average per attempt were down uh from his last healthy season but he had more touchdowns and fewer interceptions seems like he's turning into more of a game manager but that's so often used with a negative connotation but i don't think it is a bad thing in this case
0: i think if we were to put that into context let's look at and say that last year was the transitional year that went from the gunslinger Ben to the game manager Ben, and it was an Mm -hmm. adjustment for everybody.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And that's
0: what I'm hoping for, which is why I think Ben can be his normal self, a big, sturdy, reliable back quarterback, but at the same time, if he doesn't adjust to this new game style that's meant to manage him, take the pressure off of him, we're going to see the same Ben we kind of saw last year. Like, you know, touchdowns up, Uh, interceptions down is always fantastic, but that offense looked disconjoined all of a sudden. 11-0 and and then to lose four out of your last five?
1: Yeah, five out of your last six if you count the the playoff loss, yeah. But speaking of taking pressure off of him, what helps is they have an absolutely loaded receiver core. With Juju Smith-Schuster sticking around, uh, he's sort of turned into the possession receiver of the group, like the short route guy. The Julian Edelman Give type, if you Give the ball in
0: space and let him, let him, let him get the yak.
1: Yep. And meanwhile, you also have Deontay Johnson, who is sort of coming into his own. I think this will be his third year in the league. Uh, he's a great route runner. But
0: the guy that jumped off the board, the chase man himself, Mr. Claypool.
1: Yeah, he was a rookie last year. I don't. I wasn't very aware of him until he scored like four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> I think he was. Then everybody wanted too. him. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, he was kind of the big play guy. And all three are. are... Juju's
0: role, the same way Juju took Antonio Brown's role. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes me nervous for uh, Smith Schuster.
1: Yeah. For like his fantasy value. (laughs) But as far as their value to the Steelers, this is a really good group uh, that should help Roethlisberger a lot. Also in the studs category, I put. Najee Harris, probably. (laughs) I think he's going to come in and do big things. And then their offensive guard, David DeCastro, I put in the studs list too. He's just a really solid veteran guard. He's been a long time. Steeler, he's been in this system for a long time, and he's very good at what he does. In the duds category, I also put Ben, mostly as a joke. But anyone who watched that wild card game with Cleveland and saw him throw four terrible interceptions <laughs> has to be wondering how he's going to look in this season where he's uh, now 39 years old.
0: I think it all boils back to how he feels in the system. Are they going to continue this the the same way they were playing the offense last year, or are they going to let him just if this is his last year? You know, are they going to go the big go big or go home?
1: In uh, duds, I put Eric Ebron, the tight end, but only sometimes. <laughs> He's always been a guy that has some just uh, unbelievable drops. The but MBS also...
0: of the uh, Steelers?
1: <laughs> sure. That's a good one, yeah. Uh, but also is open a lot, catches a lot of touchdown passes. Um, the only real dud here is, a, and this is not a name I knew before doing this research, Chukwuma Okorafor. I hope I wrote that correctly and said it. I think close. you did. <laughs> Their offensive tackle. He started almost every game last year and was a liability in both pass and run blocking. And hes they didn't really bring anyone in to challenge him for a starting spot. So he's currently slated to start at left tackle again on the blind side, which you don't necessarily like.
0: Right, yeah. Let's put one of our terrible tackles where the quarterback can't see and it'll work itself out. It's
1: fine. Uh, and then since I couldn't find a name that rhymed with studs and duds for this last category, I'm, we just call it question marks, I guess. And I realized these, these are almost like our prove it players from last year. <laughs> At least the spirit is similar. Um, they're guys that we don't know what we're going to get out of necessarily and are going to be important one way or the other. And the guy I put in this category on offense is their centered JC Hassenauer. He only oh. started four games last year He's young. Those are his only starts. Uh, but it looks like he's going to be their week one starting center. And as you know, the center is the key to the offensive line. The center to quarterback communication is of vital importance. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. the off- offensive line as a whole is the engine that makes an offense go. So I think he is important. But I don't really know much about him. So I put him as a question mark. You agree?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think the offensive line would be the offensive line and running back I think would be the uh, Harris would be my other sort of offensive question mark because Mm. he's a college kid. First year in the league. You know, I hyped up um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire as he was very much hyped and partially due to Kansas City's usage in the offensive and the, the running back by committee. How is this team going to Utilize him. So I think to add to the offensive question marks, I would add Harris.
1: Good, I like it. Uh, let's talk about defense, Matt. Who are the some of the studs on this defensive unit?
0: Uh, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, the whole defensive line.
1: Check, 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 check. <laughs>
0: um this 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 front this front part of this line is dominant. And that was part of that 11-0 and 0 start. Um, and I don't see that going away anytime soon.
1: No, I mean, they brought back almost everybody. <laughs> we'll talk about in, well, like 30 seconds about their Bud Dupree replacement. <laughs> <laughs> so the only real dud I could find was a guy that I didn't even remember from playing last season, but he did. <laughs> Cornerback by the name of Justin Lane uh, was one of the very few weak spots this defense had. He's still on the team, but he was he was arrested this offseason and might be suspended to start the year, which might actually be a good thing for the team. Really no other duds I could find on this defense. They're really good top to bottom. Uh, however, the biggest question mark that I have is about a guy named Alex Highsmith, and he's an outside linebacker. He was their third-round pick last year, and currently he's the guy projected to take over Bud Dupree's Spot across the line from TJ Watt mm-hmm. and he actually started five games last year after Bud Dupree went down with an ACL tear and in those five games, he racked up forty eight tackles, five of them for a loss. He had an interception, two sacks, and six QB hits, which is not too bad for a rookie getting unexpected playing time, uh, but it will be interesting and very important to this this whole defense. Uh, to see what he can do for a full season in that starting role.
0: Yep, makes sense. Full seasons are different than just temporary replacements.
1: Yep. Uh, And then the other question mark that I had here was Joe Hayden, uh, one of the cornerbacks. He's been pretty solid since uh, they acquired him from their rivals in Cleveland. Uh, Not the lockdown guy he used to be, but um, Andy turned 32 this offseason. And his, uh, according to PFF, his play has been on the decline the last few years, slightly. Still a good player, but will it continue to decline? In 2021? it would not be the first
0: time we've disagreed with PFF, though.
1: <laughs> no, no, and that's good. Good foreshadowing, too. Uh, how about you, Matt? Any other questions on this defense?
0: No, I would, I would argue, I would follow a similar line that say my big question mark is not so much. Highsmith, it's going to be what is where's is Hayden at in his career? Um, mm-hmm. Is he going to need safety help over the top, or can he, you know, have one last good season and here in Pittsburgh and be able to keep up with these wide receivers that are just mm-hmm. getting faster? Highsmith is going to be fine. It, it's Hayden and his age. You know, I don't. It's brutal to say that. You know, turns thirty two. <laughs> And How we're questioning age. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, a lot of corners relied on their speed and reaction, and unfortunately, you just can't do it forever.
1: I think you saw it with Josh Norman last year. I think he was 32 last year, and he really turned into just a part-time player.
0: Yeah, when um, you got to start putting people on a counter, that's uh, not a good sign for your career.
1: Yep, so we will see. And so overall, just looking at this whole roster, it's, it's largely the same team that was really good for about three-quarters of last season before the implosion. Um, they have upgraded the running back position, in my opinion, with the Harris draft pick, uh, whereas the defense has maybe been slightly downgraded with the loss of Dupree and then just all being a year older. What do you think? What, um, what grade would you give this roster, A through F?
0: Are we basing this just on pure paper stats? Or are we basing this on the what we feel the performance of the paper stats are going to be?
1: Well, let's say on paper, what does this roster look like to you? On
0: paper, I have to give it a solid, probably a minus, um, almost you know on the cusp of a B plus, just because there are those key question marks mm-hmm. um, with Harris uh, being an upgrade at running back, but still a rookie, so there's still a lot of what will happen. Uh, a couple of questions in terms of the offensive line, especially with uh, Ben's uh, blind side, Ben's ability to adjust if they're going to play a very similar style of system as they did last year, and the questions at cornerback on the defense. But everything else is the team that went 11-0 and to start the season.
1: Cool. Yep. I had them at an A, but I, I kind of agree with you. A- minus is probably better. Uh, okay. Let's move on to the Ravens. They finished 2020 11 and 5. They made the playoffs, avenged back to back losses to Tennessee by beating them in the wildcard round uh, by a score of 20 to 13. Uh, but their season was ended by the Bills uh, with a 17 to 3 loss in the divisional round. They had a great defense, uh, seventh best. However, their offense struggled. They had the 19th ranked offense in terms of yards per game. And for the second year in a row, their wide receivers as a group finished dead last in the league in receiving yards.
0: They just did not have the powerhouse that we were expecting that they had the first year.
1: Yep, and I have more notes on Lamar Jackson. Uh, So then this offseason, they lost Mark Ingram, one of their running backs, uh, to Houston. They lost Matt Judon, the outside linebacker, to the Patriots. And they also lost Yannick Ngakwe, another defensive end, to the Raiders.
0: But they did get a couple of great acquisitions.
1: Yeah, they brought in Sammy Watkins at receiver, Kevin Zeitler at guard, and Alejandro Villanueva, formerly of the Steelers, (laughs) at offensive tackle.
0: Excellent additions to that offensive line. Agreed. I've always been a big fan of Villanueva.
1: Mm -hmm, Me too. And then in the draft, uh, they further (laughs) attempted to bolster their receiving core by taking Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, um, with their first first round pick, they had two thanks to a trade. And uh, Bateman got compared to Keenan Allen for his route running abilities and uh, his ability to get separation from the defender.
0: The comparison.
1: That's high praise. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy they drafted in the first round was Jason <laughs> O'Way, a linebacker out of Penn State, who was called the DK Metcalf of linebackers by one scout. And this guy just dominated the combine. I think he was first in, all, in most categories, but his 40-yard dash time was even faster than the wide receiver Bateman's, which is pretty crazy. Biggest question about away was that he didn't have any sacks in his senior year of college, but uh, the Ravens clearly liked what they saw of him on tape.
0: Well, and this is one of those cases where it kind of frustrates me the way everyone's judged. If you're as disruptive as possible, those big flashy stats of sacks and tackles for loss don't matter as much as just throwing off the key cog of the offense, which is timing.
1: Right, the more yeah, you get
0: easy. in somebody's face, the, the less chances there are of completing a pass.
1: Yeah, and that's harder to measure. Okay, so let's take a look at the offense of this team first. Matt, who are the studs on this offense?
0: My guy, Mark Andrews, um, tight end. Although I was sadly disappointed in his performance, but I think that's because the whole offense kind of stuttered last year and hit this weird non-rhythm. Despite everything, he had the fifth most receiving yards and touchdowns in the league among tight ends, so he's still a top five tight end. Um, And on the Ravens themselves, he was only behind Marquise Brown, their leading receiver in both those categories. Uh, So Andrews is still a very much a predominant
1: uh,
0: factor of this offensive powerhouse that we're hoping is coming back in 2021 here.
1: And of our fantasy team in Dynasty. Yeah,
0: right? Yeah. (laughs) Got a little iffy on that one. My bad. Um, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards made the two-headed backfield um, to help take a lot of the pressure off of Bacon. Lamar run, although it helps open up those since you've technically got three running backs in that backfield at any time. Um, But the Ravens uh, led the league in rush yards per game, despite the fact they couldn't get the ball through the air. They went to old school, just powerhouse football
1: round and pound. Yep.
0: (laughs) Jam it down their teeth and make it work.
1: Sounds like me at the dinner table with the kids. It does it. (laughs) It doesn't work in that situation.
0: (laughs) You could try. Um, in the tackle position, I feel like um, the acquisition of Villanueva uh, and Ronnie Stanley are both veterans. They're they're within the top ten ranks of their positions, so they're getting high quality protection uh, for for the offense. So in theory, that will help open up the pocket a little bit more, mm-hmm. give um, Jackson some more time to utilize these new acquisitions, and. We should see a much better improved offense.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Um, I couldn't really come up with any duds on this offense. The, the rest of the offense is pretty solid, If you know, not super flashy. I'm, and I'm I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's an – I hate to say the word an average offense because yeah. they're all really good people, but just last year, everybody took a step back. It's just a team, and it's like they tried to rely on the defense – in the ground game but this isn't a ground game team that with Lamar Jackson's abilities um but I think uh adding what uh adding Sammy Watkins and the rookie Bateman are going to be a huge step above it and open up the running lanes for uh for Edwards and Dobbins as well
1: yeah and that's sort of what I have I don't think any of those guys is a stud or a dud <laughs> but as a group I think they're uh much improved as a wide receiving core. And then the, the only question mark I have is I'm calling Lamar Jackson a question mark. And let me explain why he did regress a little bit last year from his 2019 form when he really dominated the league and took it by storm. Just by the numbers, he had a lower completion percentage. He had fewer passing yards, 10 fewer touchdowns and three more interceptions last year than 2019 and he also had about 200 fewer rushing yards over the course of the season and now with all these additions we've talked about he's entering his fourth season and the team has made a a pretty concerted effort to give him more weapons and put him in a better situation to succeed and so my question is will he be able to take his game to the next level as a passer And take advantage of all these guys that he's got now. at his
0: I feel like, and I know this isn't a direct comparison, but we said this kind of a similar thing about Derrick Henry. Oh, there's no way he can maintain this touchdown. There's no way. Everybody usually regresses for a year or two before they pick right back up because the league's figured them out. So the true, this year, if anything, is going to show the league and fans and the coaching staff did Lamar just regressed last year because they got the key to the offense figured out and they just have to adapt as you do when you're in the league, you know, as you grow throughout the league? Or is it one of those kind of like one or two year studs and it turns out they're not the big, you know, crystal ball key, were, yeah. <laughs> key to success that you thought they were?
1: Uh-huh, exactly. Uh, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, A lot of studs on this unit. Uh, They had the sixth best secondary last year in terms of pass yards allowed, and they bring everyone back. Uh, So they should be in line for another good season. Marlon Humphrey could be the best slot defender in the league. I think he is. Uh, You've also got Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters on the outside. And then uh, the guys who I was less aware of, but equally uh, impressive in their production, was the young safeties, Chuck Clark. And Deshaun Elliott, they're both recent draft picks of the Ravens within the last couple of years. And they started at safety together all year last year. And uh, they really are coming into their own on the back end of that defense. So I really like the secondary. And I think most of them are are in the stud category. Now, you you mentioned PFF. (laughs) (laughs) And if you believe their grade of rookie linebacker Patrick Queen last year, he was ranked 81st out of 82 linebackers.
0: <laughs> so, I believe that second worst linebacker in the league.
1: Exactly. Very good, Matt. I just, I can't square that with his production. <laughs> he seemed pretty good from what I saw with my, my eyeballs and the stats.
0: So, did you have your glasses on when you were watching him? I did. Okay.
1: I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had any idea who the hell anyone was. Is that a TV or is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's making noises.
1: Uh, so I, I guess I put them in the dud category. I don't know. I, I don't believe that personally, though.
0: <laughs> Statistically, we're putting them in the dud category. Personally, we are furious with BFF. <laughs>
1: exactly. We're what, they strongly, don't know what they're talking about. Strongly worded letter is being written. <laughs> All right. And then question marks on this defense. Overall, they were really solid, but they were sort of not impressive in terms of their pass rush. They were middle of the pack uh, in terms of sacks. And one guy specifically that I have a question about is Calais Campbell, their defensive end. And he's been a monster throughout most of his career. And he was a really exciting acquisition for this team, but he only had four sacks in the 12 games he played. I feel like I'm picking on all the old guys, but he's going to be 35 this year. And I just don't know if he still has that dominant presence that he used to have in his prime. And also with losing Matt Judon, Yannick, and Gokwe, they, uh there's going to be pressure on Campbell and also the rookie, um, Owe, to re- revitalize this pass rush. So overall, I think their offense will be much improved. They've got all the tools.
0: I feel like their yeah. offense is pretty similar to last year, if I'm being honest.
1: Well, they've got Sammy Watkins and... Uh, the rookie Bateman. That's, that's what I'm thinking about when I say that.
0: Okay. All right. I'll bite you on that one. All right. I'll, I'll give you the point to that. The question really relies in Lamar Jackson's lap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He needs to be able to take advantage of of the personnel. And I think the defense should be still, still great. And there, the hope will be that the pass rush is boosted by the new, uh, by the draft pick and um, Campbell bouncing back. Overall, Matthew, what? How do you grade this roster?
0: I graded a B, a solid B, not plus or minus, but a solid B. Mm-hmm. They have had offensive acquisitions, as you pointed out, but I still have a huge question mark floating above Lamar Jackson's head. Uh, so I can't say that I have full confidence in the offense quite yet. Um, the other big question mark that looms for me is in fact that the pass rush if they can't get the pressure on the quarterback as great as their secondary is, they're going to, they're going to get eaten alive slowly, but surely. And once you Mm -hmm. get a tired defense, it's really hard to get it back. So if you can't get a pass rush on the quarterback, I would be free to short pass on the field and just wear that defense down with sort of that dink and dive type short yardage offense. And once they're tired, you can start running the ball right down their throat like they did to everyone else.
1: Even perfect coverage uh, breaks down eventually. You can't cover forever. I had them at a B plus, but I agree with you. I'm going down to a B. And uh, with that, we're going to take one more quick break, come back, talk about the Browns and the Bengals. And we're back.
0: Oh, music's over.
1: And we're back. All right. <laughs> Mike and Matt, 2M football here with you. Breaking down, AFC, breaking down the AFC North. We got two more teams. And then bedtime.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cleveland Browns were 11-5. and five, The third team from this division that made the playoffs last year. What? And they were victorious in the wild card round over their division rivals, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but Pittsburgh the teams, Calamities. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it's officially called? The Pittsburgh Calamity? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then the Browns' uh, season was ended by the Chiefs in the divisional round. It was a close game; they only lost by five points, seventeen to twenty-two. Um, but we should also note with that 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 was against uh, Patrick Mahomes' list team for the final quarter and a half or so. <laughs>
0: Chad Henney with the win.
1: He did. Chad Henney closed out this game against them, so a little bit, uh, a little embarrassing. <laughs> the. The lifeblood of this team all season long was their running oh back.
0: If there was a fantasy football tandem to have this year, it was the Chub hunt combination.
1: I had half of it. <laughs>
0: you had the Hunt part. Yeah. You were on the hunt for the Chub.
1: <laughs> Hang on, Matt. This isn't the fantasy corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, yeah, so those two guys combined for 1,900 yards on the ground and 18 touchdowns, which sounds pretty good until you realize that is exactly what Derrick Henry did by himself. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: really just seems to cut a dagger through their accomplishments.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so then this offseason, they didn't really lose anybody notable. <laughs> and meanwhile, they brought in a couple of big names on the defensive side. They brought in Jadevian Clowney.
0: Yeah!
1: A defensive, or a, a outside linebacker. And then John Johnson, safety. From uh, I believe cousin
0: of Steve Stevenson. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and then in the draft they uh, also addressed the defense by taking cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern.
0: Northwestern.
1: Let's get right into this roster. Who are the studs here? Really? Two guys we already talked about. The hunt for the Chub.
0: (laughs) That's the title of this episode. Nick Shev and Kareem Hunt deserve all the credit because that was the bulk of the offense. But I will make a point of a point of note that we did see a much more confident and the Baker Mayfield I think we all anticipated coming out of college. Yeah. but it's easy to do when you have that good of a run game. Look
1: run the game Titans. and offensive line. Uh, four out of yes. five starters on this line are. I'm going back to uh, PFF now. Now
0: they're, now they're good. We like their stats
1: now. <laughs> Four out of five starters on this line are top ten at their position uh, according to PFF. And just by the I eye. Like test, BFF. You can see how well. Yeah, that's right. We're BFFs with PFF. Everybody just hunting for that job. Uh, <laughs> however, the fifth guy on that line, a guy named Jedrick Wills, their left tackle, I put him in the dud category. and Maybe a little unfair because he was a Rookie last year. He was their first round pick though. Um, yeah, come so on now,
0: like give the guy a chance.
1: He started all sixteen games and he was the weak link in this line, especially on the ground game. He was not a good run blocker. And they actually <laughs> drafted another left tackle this year, a guy named James Hudson. So we'll see uh, if he ends up usurping Wills or if he rookie
0: camp battle!
1: motivated. What was that?
0: Rookie Camp Battle.
1: Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, good one. Fight. I have two questions for this offense. Uh, One for for Baker Mayfield, like you said. He had his most efficient year yet under new head coach Kevin Stefanski, who won the Coach of the Year Award, uh, as predicted by me. Uh Thank you. And, uh, yeah, so Baker had a great season. He increased his completion percentage and his touchdowns from prior years, and he cut his interceptions down from 21 last year to just 8 or sorry, 21, two years ago to just eight interceptions last year. Can he make the leap to certified stud status this year? I think so. Well, part of that's going to depend on Odell Beckham Jr. I think I,
0: I'm done with him.
1: He's always a question mark. What you'll get from year to year, I agree. I expect nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and we can only be impressed, or we can only be pleasantly surprised.
0: As long as you keep them away from kicker's nuts, you get – it's fine.
1: <laughs> All right, hold on defense.
0: Uh, my guy, Miles Garrett, again, yes, is just continues to be a stud year after year. 12 sacks, 18 hits, 10 tackles for a loss, and zero hits with an – did you really put this in here?
1: <laughs> really? I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm trying to have fun it's with it. you such a dick. <laughs> I said zero. It's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Finish reading it.
0: zero hits with an opposing player's helmet (laughs) someone ate a bowl of funny for dinner can't say breakfast that would have worn off by now that was like 15 hours ago Uh, John Johnson Stevenson uh, new to town but had a down year in 2019 he was back to being one of the best coverage safeties in football in 2020 so uphill trek, good to go let's see him perform again this year and as long as all helmets stay on heads, this defense will be just as terror terrorific, as last year. <laughs> that was a hard word to say. I'm just gonna go put yeah. my head down for a minute.
1: Okay, I'll take I'll take the lead for a minute here. Then <laughs> on the the dud side, the defensive duds, they're actually really weak at the linebacker um, group. They've got guys like Anthony Walker, Mac Wilson, names that nobody really knows. Um, <laughs>
0: people and football uniforms when
1: you see them miss tackles (laughs) that they were the the linebacker the inside backers specifically were the weakness of this defense uh then you also had the cornerback mj stewart who was an absolute train wreck in coverage i think that his his play directly prompted the drafting of newsom in this year's uh, draft so hopefully stewart doesn't have to see the field anymore there's also a guy that I included mainly for his name, Sheldrick Redwine, the safety. i more uh, of them are low. Yeah, yeah right. And so is he, I guess, because his play was uh, abysmal. And he was a starter all season, but was terrible uh, all the way across the board. He missed tackles and run support constantly and also couldn't cover. So, uh, Yeah,
0: perfect guy for defense, right? Yeah,
1: Right. <laughs> John Johnson will be a massive upgrade. <laughs> Uh, I do have a question mark on new acquisitions you and Clowney. Uh-huh. Ever since leaving Houston, uh, the team that originally drafted him uh, back in 2014, he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. And in his last 21 games he's played in, he's he only has three sacks. So the production has been a little bit questionable, but obviously the Browns are hoping they'll get an impact player and he, it can only help that he'll be across from miles Garrett. Because in, in Seattle they didn't they didn't really have a pass rush. It was sort of just uh you know, him on his own double
0: team clowny and you kind definitely. of bottle up the defense. With this available. one, you have to account for Garrett on every snap.
1: If you only have one pass rusher, you have zero pass rushers. I've I never like heard that. that. That's before. deep. I've never heard that before. I just came up with it. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs>
0: I'm actually kind of proud of you. <laughs> Thanks.
1: And then, so, the other question mark I have here is the free safety position. So, they, they have strong safety address. That's Johnson. At free safety, they had Ronnie Harrison start seven games last year, who looked pretty good. They drafted a guy named Grant Delpit last year, who didn't play at all.
0: I like that name already.
1: There are some interesting names here. This year, they drafted Richard It's
0: <laughs> Probably just Leconte. Lequant.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So they don't know, uh, we don't know at this point who the free safety, who's going to be starting at the free safety position. So another, maybe another training camp bail. We'll see. Overall, I think the offense is going to have the same identity, offensive line and running game. Defense, they've made some upgrades or some attempts to upgrade, uh, but I still think they have questions about the interior specifically. They didn't do much about the inside linebackers, which is my biggest concern. Uh, for this group. Um, I'll go first this time. I had the Browns rated at a B minus because I think their offense can be really effective. Defense should be better, but still maybe not good enough. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to give them a B minus as well. I think the offense is going to be just as dominant as it had been through the last year, but there's way too many question marks on the defensive side of the ball, specifically with the – in the corners, so the secondary – and the middle, uh, the supporting line. But I kind of am at a very high B minus, if that makes sense, because I do trust that defensive line. I just don't trust anything beyond it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense to me. And then finally, the Cincinnati Bengals bringing up the rear in this division. Last year, they finished 4-11-1. and 11 and one. Uh, Rookie quarterback Joe Burrow looked awesome through his first nine games until he tore his ACL. Uh, in those nine games, or nine plus, he completed 65% of his passes, 2,600 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, just five interceptions. But the most important number was 32 sacks in just nine I was
0: going to say, he threw 13 TDs and only five picks on 32 sacks.
1: Right. And I think that is indicative of what the biggest problem is with the offense here.
0: Yep, Joe Burrow. Wait a second. <laughs>
1: But, uh, but that's not the only problem they've got because they also had a bottom 10 defense. So what did they do this off season? Well, they lost two starting linemen in free agency, Gino Atkins, defensive lineman, sorry. Gino Atkins and Carl Lawson. They also lost a starting cornerback William Jackson and AJ Green, their aging former superstar wide receiver. To atone for this, they brought in Trey Hendrickson, defensive end out of New Orleans who had a career career year last year. Uh, chidobe awoozie man these names are just incredible uh, from dallas i think and, <laughs> and then they brought in mike hilton another cornerback uh, from their division rival steelers
0: long lost brother of tj hilton ty hilton
1: is that true or are you just saying that
0: i'm just making that up but, but if we so. like to start rumors on this show <laughs> and it's now canon all
1: right and then in the draft with their first round pick which was very high Uh, They drafted Jamar Chase out of wide receiver, out of LSU, where he – I understand the
0: pick, but I disagree with it so much. They are in desperate (laughs) need of an offensive line.
1: Yeah. They really added – which we'll get into. They added to a strength rather than addressing a weakness, I feel. Uh, Joe Joe Burrow, stud. He's already in my stud category. He should be fully recovered from that ACL uh, repair. And before getting hurt, he looked very comfortable in, in an NFL setting, minus being under constant duress. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, but just in terms of decision making he didn't look like a like what you think of when you think of a rookie and so he's only grown he was not
0: a train wreck but he definitely uh he's seeing some years taken off his life
1: yeah um i will give the wide receiver group as a whole stud status i think like this is such a deep and uh talented group i don't know if any of them on his own is a stud at this moment but together you've got tyler boyd T. Higgins, Jamar Chase now, and even Auden Tate has been really good when he's been on the field. So you've got a, a deep group of receivers that are uh, very talented, and most of them are high draft pedigree, too. Uh, now, onto the issue the duds. It's mostly the, the whole
0: offensive line.
1: Most of the offensive line, yeah. <laughs> Especially the guards in the center. Uh, you know,
0: the people responsible for protecting the quarterback and opening up the run game.
1: Yeah, they're pretty important. So they, they did use a second-round pick this year on uh, someone named Jackson Carman. Carman, not Carman. Uh, I was going to off- let
0: it go, but you brought tackle. it
1: up. <laughs> offensive tackle from Clemson. Uh, there, there's some thought that they might move him to guard since that was more of the weakness than, than tackle, which is what he played in college. But the rest of the available options currently on the roster graded out in the bottom third of all offensive guards uh, per our BFFs at PFF. So
0: that's a thing now.
1: I think it's still going to be an issue, is long story short, the offensive line. And then tight end. This, this is one of the few teams these days that does not have a pass catching tight end.
0: No, they got decent blockers, but no one that can catch.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about that. I guess he's got enough receivers. Burrow's got enough receivers that maybe they don't need a pass catching tight end, I guess. I don't know, but it seems, feels like well, everything
0: Well, I mean, you could argue that using Ozuma and Sample in the run scheme or just blocking in general is going to be there to compensate for the fact that the offensive line's garbage.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Uh okay, let's let's talk about this question marks obviously is the offensive line. <laughs> he needs them to be at least some level of competent to, to do what he does and have success doing it.
0: I mean, he's shown he can do it without the protection, but you'd prefer not to blow out another knee if possible.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not a long term sustainable thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then on defense, they've got a guy that I never heard of before he's called Jesse Bates, the third. He's a safety, uh, third year player out of Wake Forest. And he's great. I had no idea that this guy existed. He led the team in solo tackles, um, second in combined solo and assists. He also had three interceptions and 15 pass deflections. And uh, the PFF BFFs ranked him as their number one safety last year. However, there's not much good to talk about on this defense. I I mean, I guess we'll see about like, oh, never mind. I've got him in question marks getting ahead of myself. (laughs) The duds. Defense has a lot of holes, specifically at linebacker. Duds
0: is the whole unit.
1: Most of them, yeah. This team had the fourth worst run defense last year, giving up almost 150 yards per game on the ground. And of all their signings, they really didn't do much to address um, the interior D-line or or linebackers. And and even with – the moves they did make, that's my biggest question mark, is the pass rush. And I think we sort of talked about it with Baltimore. A strong If you don't have a pass rush, it doesn't matter how good your cover guys are. So the, Someone will get open eventually. On the flip side of that, a strong pass rush can kind of mask those problems on the back end, which the Bengals definitely have. And they did try to address the pass rush by signing uh, Trey Hendrickson, who had, uh, as we mentioned, the biggest year of his career with new orleans last year i think he had 13 sacks or something before getting hurt towards the end so my question for him is was that a fluke can he keep that up because he's not a young player i think he's in his late 20s been around the league a little bit and is this a breakout or was it a fluke we'll see they also drafted uh joseph osai a defensive end out of texas Uh, to cope with some of the guys they lost and uh, again try to get something of a pass rush Um, overall i don't think there's enough talent on the roster to really compete but i for one am excited to watch joe burrow again in year two with even more offensive weapons and i'm giving them a c which might be generous what do you think
0: I had them at a C as well. I think offensively, they're going to be a much more viable unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they still have glaring problems that they fail to neglect. You can have the most dominant powerhouse offense, but the defense keeps you in the game. And the Adages, at, defense wins championships. Look at
1: Dallas last year. Incredible offense. Defense let them down every game.
0: So I, I can't put... I, and, mm, I wouldn't put as much on Burrow's reg- uh, regression on him this year, if there is any, as much as is he did not get any help from the front office.
1: Yeah, I think uh, no matter how good Jamar Chase is, and I'm sure he's going to be great, but a lot of people are going to be wondering what what if they drafted uh, Sewell instead and anchored that offensive line. So we will see. Anyway, my gosh, was this a two-hour episode? It's good to be back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Woo!
1: See you again next week, and we'll be talking about the AFC South and the AFC East, if we can somehow get through two whole divisions.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We got to do this crap again next week?
1: Three-hour episode coming. <laughs> Can't wait. See you guys then.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.